sorry for not being on last week. Had uh, stuff come up. Was unfortunate, but we're back this week. Got a lot of content to cover in the show. Uh, some interesting news that happened that would, depending on who you are, shake the nerd community. And other things, just talk about ridiculous things that are, for some reason, a thing. I have some comic book reviews from uh, this week and last week. I mean, uh, not this week, uh, last week and the week before, because I have to get all my stuff off Midtown now. Uh, So I'll be about a week or so behind everyone with reviews. I got the reviews for Gotham by Gaslight and... Miraculous Ladybug Season 1. Also later, I got a Rooster Teeth unboxing. Alright, let's start off with uh, some news. Um, We had new Blue Blaze tag battle information of more DLC characters coming out, but also a big change for the uh, Ruby characters, which were labeled as DLC, and then they had to change that recently to free DLC. Hopefully that means all the characters will be free at some point, or maybe just this first batch of DLC characters are free. But maybe this was just the way the company was dealing with uh, people that were sending them angry comments about having to pay to get the full Team Ruby for the team, for this game. I don't know, that's just my opinion and of some people that I've heard online talking about. Also, this just happened uh, earlier today. Bandai is cutting ties with Power Rangers. They are not renewing their license. So, does this mean that uh, Saban will have to find another partner? Will Saban be cutting ties with Bandai? So far, all I've been able to find out is just the Power Ranger property. Who knows what else this will mean for the franchise, what it will mean for the future of Power Rangers. Is Power Rangers going to be ending? And was Nickelodeon's past few seasons of Power Rangers the nails in the coffin that did it? Also, we've seen some new trailers for new movies. A look at a new horror movie called The Midnight Man, which looks really creepy. It's by IFC Films. It stars Robert England, and it looks like it should be a fairly entertaining uh, horror survival movie, and I look forward to when it comes out. We've also saw a trailer for a dumb movie that's coming out called Hurricane Heist. Some people might like those natural disaster movies and heist movies, so some corporate executives have decided to bash them together and make this about a literally a heist going on during a hurricane. Oh, for sixty for six hundred million dollars, and that sounds like a plot line of a sci-fi B movie, but it actually isn't. It's going to be in theaters. Uh, that, that just makes me wonder why. And I'll get into uh, the comic book reviews. First off, I have Infinity Countdown number one, Adam Warlock. Now, with this, uh, with uh, this 
it's starting off their new event that's going to be going on through the rest of this winter season and part of summer. And this was the return of the Infinity Stones. This was the event that was leading up since Marvel Legacy first started. And with this issue, we saw the return of Adam Warlock. He was met by Kang the Conqueror, but he's in the distant future saying everyone's died and was killed by uh, Thanos, and it's up to uh, him to go back in time and alter things. He met with uh, Apocalypse before he was Apocalypse, so that was kind of neat. Um, you got to see him before he was the mat- crazy uh, mutant, and he basically mummified Adam to hold him in storage until he was needed in the present day. This will be continuing on the 23rd in uh, Infinity War... Infinity Countdown number one, Prime, which looks like it should be a very good read. I highly suggest it. It looks like this event will not be that big, but it also has confirmed, uh, if anyone remembers, how Marvel was talking about bringing back certain characters and stuff to bring back certain books. In this, we got to look at one of the books that's coming back, Dark Hawk. I didn't really find that one very entertaining. If you did, good for you. Um, if you're a part of that crowd, I'm not going to blame you, but it looks, I look forward to reading it in this event because it looks like it should be very interesting. Next, we have... Batman White Knight number five. And yet the Neo Joker on here who was actually one of the Harley Quinn, not the original Harley Quinn, because as it was stated, uh, the younger, uh, sexier one isn't the real Harley Quinn in this storyline. She, the real Harley Quinn walked out on the Joker because he was so crazy. The Joker in his psychosis couldn't accept that. So the first girl he kidnapped, he made her take on the role of Harley Quinn. She did it for a while, then she did it more of sexy role because that's what she thought he would want. And she's trying to destroy Gotham, and it turns out the Waynes have some secret ties to Nazis. So who knows how that's going to play out in the big storyline of things. Uh, what will happen here and there. I look forward to finding out what will happen next. It looks like it should be fairly entertaining. We got to see more of uh, Harley Quinn. It looks like she's just backing the Joker regardless. Uh, Bruce seems to have some issues here and there with trusting the Joker. He knows the Joker will not change. Everyone else in Gotham is on the Joker's side. Harley Quinn seems to be on the fence. She knows that he's still crazy, but she's still following him because she knows he's doing the right thing. So we'll find out more and more as this story develops. Next, I have uh, Tangled Web Part 1 of 1, uh, Venom. This was an interesting storyline. It takes place right after the whole um, Maniac storyline, dealing with uh, Eddie uh, getting the symbiote back, realizing it's cured. He doesn't need to take his serums anymore. He's got it fully back under control. It's no longer evil, but as you can see here, there's Spider-Woman on the cover. Spider-Woman is tracking down a criminal, but Eddie got to him first to turn in. 
She then starts attacking Eddie, thinking he's just going to be a criminal still and doesn't listen to him. She doesn't believe him, uh, that he's changed, that he's still going to be this monster, that they'll always have to fight him. But uh, the Venom symbiote, after Eddie got knocked out, left him and combined with uh, Spider-Woman to show her that Eddie has changed, that the symbiote has changed, that they're trying to both be heroes. And so she's basically telling the symbiote to keep Eddie on a short leash to make sure he stays on the straight and narrow as she leaves, hoping that she's making the right choice and that he is a hero. Next, we have more of the search for Tony Stark. And what this was, basically, uh, kind of sad. It shows more that Tony is somewhere. He They were close to finding him, but they just got there after he left not too long ago. Uh, the Tony is having mental breakdown. He's calling and talking to people that aren't alive anymore. So who knows what that means. If certain people are alive, will this mean... Rhodey's somehow alive again because he was talking to Rhodey off and you couldn't see who he was talking to but he kept calling them Rhodey or calling for Rhodey. Uh, Riri gave up all of her uh, Iron Man tech and everything that she'd been doing that Tony let her do because the Stark Corporation has decided that that's their stuff now since Tony isn't around and they're not going to let some teenage girl wander around with their tech but basically they want her tech to repurpose and sell because it's really advanced that she what what she's done with it and they want to make money off of it so re and the tony stark ai was uh taken away by them so who knows what will that will lead up to we'll have to find out uh later this month to find out what happens next next i got captain marvel dark origins and this is another part in the story. It's uh, Carol still laughing at uh, Star Killer's face. If you don't remember from last time I talked about this, uh, Carol's in a dark universe trying to get the Reality Stone. And everyone that's good in the main universe is now evil in this dark universe. And everyone that was evil in the main universe is good in this universe. So Thanos is actually the conqueror of goodness, and he's champion of justice and with his uh, uh, forces and nebula they're trying to police and keep the world safe Gamora is still his stepdaughter but she left for a life of crime and doesn't trust her father and nebula still argues with Gamora's sibling rivalries and Thanos just plays it off like oh you rascals cut it out and you're bickering even though they're trying to kill each other uh, Thanos gets the reality gem and he's going to use it to get rid of all of the villains. But Gamora betrays Thanos at the last second, shoots him in the back, steals the Infinity Stone and runs off with it. Carol's going after her along with a Star Killer, But they run into Dr. Mim who made the Carol clone that gave her so much trouble at the beginning of the storyline. Who knows what this will lead on for more of the story. Because the final part of Dark Origins will be coming out at the end of this month. And then, because Carol obviously will get the Infinity Stone because she will be holding the Reality Stone when Infinity uh, War comes out in the comics.
next, I got a uh, Renew Your Vows, the end of the uh, eight years later storyline. Um, it's going to, after this, it's starting up at her high school and dealing with some powered kids. But right now, you they find out uh, Doc Connors has sort of been in control of the lizard. They're starting their own community of mutants and freaks that the rest of the world doesn't really like. They're living in peace until this um, circus guy kidnaps them to put in his own show. They're trying to stop him and take care of it. But who knows what will happen later on. Will this uh, have an impact on them uh, for different things? Who knows? Uh, hopefully, we'll find out more. Um, what d- we did find out at the end of the storyline is that the circus tamer was actually Mr. Sinister in disguise. And now that he took a vial of Annie's blood, he's analyzing it. And he's finding out that she has more interesting DNA than her father. And now he's after them, and he's also after the whole Spider family, because somehow that intrigues him very greatly. Who knows what this will mean for the Parker family? Uh, what will happen down the road? It should be interesting to find out. But it was also nice to see Annie realizing that her parents see her as a fellow hero. They treat her like one, and they treat her like an equal part of the team. Sorry for... Uh going uh, blank there for a while. Um, Next, we have three books that sort of tie in with each other. I'll get to the first one, which is uh, the final part of Phoenix Resurrection. Jean finally comes back. Uh, She was saved by Wolverine. And the Phoenix looks like she killed it or sent it away. But anyway, she's back. That's the important thing. The team is happy to have their long friend back, but they also had a very sad scene where the Phoenix kept bringing back all of her dead loved ones, and Jean finally found out that Scott is dead, and when she talked with him, she found out what he did to Professor Xavier and all the other things that he'd done since she had died, and she killed him for it to put him out of his misery because she said that all he was was just so miserable and full of hate. And we also saw the end of the Jean Grey story. And young Jean Grey will still be alive. She was brought back to life because she, and with the help of the other psychics, who for some reason were sent to this hellish realm where they had to be her demon wardens to try and break her spirit but that were created by the phoenix. Uh, she ended up freeing herself from all that and freeing them in the process. In the end, gets to have a heart-to-heart talk with uh, adult Jean Grey. So, as we know, she will still be in the X-Men Blue storylines and other X-Men stories. The young Jean Grey is not dead and gone. I'm happy to see that because I kind of like her and I want to see the dynamic that the young Jean Grey and adult Jean Grey will have if they'll be like a mother and daughter or like sisters sort of relationship. It should be interesting to see what happens. And next we saw the start of X-Men Red, which was the new team that Jean Grey is leading of these mutants that are trying to help make the world a better place. She's trying to help create a mutant-free nation. Instead of loading up the mutants all in one location, what other people want to do, 
Uh, she sees that as putting a more of a target on their back. She wants to make a nation free for them, that they can live in peace with people and not have to worry about being killed or hunted down. And in the first storyline, it shows people that kidnap a baby unknowingly when they steal a car. The baby's a mutant and it freaks out and uh, kills them. Jean Grey, with the help of Laura Wolverine, and uh, Gabby, also known as the Honey Badger. And I really love the fact that Gabby, uh, Laura's little sister clone, is heroes named as the Honey Badger. <laughs> and she is just full of sass in this, and I love that. <laughs> and I hope we get to see more of the sister hero dynamic and uh, future stories of X-Men Red. Who knows what will be happening down the road. It looks like more Namor's trying to date Gene and give back because he still looks like he's still suffering from what happened with uh, the Secret Empire, which if people do remember that event, some people didn't read it. Other people choose to block out what happened. Namor was kind of a douche during that event and turned on his people, so no one really wants to do anything with him. So this is his way of getting back in the public eye, showing that he does care about them. And in the end, we saw that there is some other mastermind out there who is after Jean Grey and the X-Men Red team and is trying to frame her for a crime by killing Jean Grey's main opposition by blowing up her head, literally. And because Jean Grey is known as the most powerful psychic, everyone thinks she did it. Who knows how the storyline will develop as time goes on. I look forward to reading it, and I hope you check it out, too. Next, I'm going to do the Rooster Teeth unboxing. I have a special tape job done on this one. I guess there's a lot of stuff in there that couldn't fit, or uh, the packer didn't do a good job. Ooh, we got another exclusive Camp Camp collectible. This time it's uh, a gold figure of the Camp Founder. Oh, wow. Uh, this is a really nice uh, paint job. It is done really well. As you can see, that's why I'm trying to get as close as I can to the camera. I will... Take pictures later of it and post it on the Facebook page for you to see. Um, it's really nice. There's a lot of nice detail. It's a lot better done than the Max figure we got last month, and I really like this one. I, I wonder if that's going to be continuing theme, that each uh, month we're going to get a new uh, figure of the figure that had, because they had released the figures all at once. And it looks like we're going to be, for Rooster Teeth box owners, getting exclusive uh, variants of the figures.
Ooh. Mysterious box. Wonder what this is. Something very fragile if they wrap it up like this. Let's see. Ooh. <laughs> this is funny. It's a new Rooster Teeth coffee mug, and it's Team Coffee. You have the official coffee coffee mug. <laughs> uh, I, I want to believe uh, Barbara Dunkelman had a hand in making this because it is literally a awesome pun. And if you know Rooster Teeth, you know that she is just full of puns. Like, literally, this item makes this month's box so worth it. Like, I don't... This is the best item. And I guess Barb did have a hand in this box because the shirt is actually a Barbara Dunkelman shirt saying Barb's Diner on it. Uh, let's see. There we go. It's really soft and uh, feels really nice. They did a really good job with this shirt. I, I like it. And... Oh, that's neat. The, fi the final... Uh, one of the final items in the box is a Camp Camp hook oven mitt. If you know Camp Camp, you kind of get this. It's meant to be the quartermaster since he does all the cooking and he's got that hook for a hand. So this is kind of a nice little fan item. And then we have a Rooster Teeth pin that is of pancakes. I will take a uh, picture of it and post it on... Uh, the website later and the final uh, Rooster Teeth card I didn't get one of the signed ones so I'm not that lucky is the million dollars butt and it's I can't figure out who that is but they're posing naked on a pile of money I'll take a picture of it and put it on there and then there's also this Rooster Teeth sticker that kind of got squished in here, um, like it's a breakfast cereal. Here's a better image of it. And this box's uh, messages was uh, by Gavin, and if you haven't heard about what happened to Gavin recently, uh, I'm happy that altercation that him and his girlfriend had to go through that everything is okay with them if you haven't heard I suggest you look it up eh? and 
hopefully you're not those types of fans that would hunt down people you like to stalk them. But I'm happy that everything's all right with him and his girlfriend there. And uh, let's move on to the two reviews I got. What's that? Next we got uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which is a nice uh, standalone story. If you have read the uh, graphic novel of Gotham by Gaslight, I I will tell you that the storyline is very different than how it was in the uh, book. Jack the Ripper is not the killer that it was in the book. It's a different killer. I won't give away who the killer is, but it is very shocking and well done with what they do. It's highly entertaining. I suggest anyone who is a good fan of murder mysteries or Batman, you will love this. And it's a very good movie. You will get a lot of good entertainment out of it. It's highly well done. There's a lot of cool facts they try and put in about the era. Like you can, on the DVD list, some special features where they talk about the Chicago's World Fair, which is they based off, um, which they used to base the Gotham's World Fair. Now, if what's really interesting is the Gotham, the Chicago's World Fair, they had uh, the first Ferris wheel. And that was to compete with Paris's Eiffel Tower. And they did that little factoid in the movie saying that's why Gotham World's Fair had a Ferris wheel. And had a lot of looks at what mental health looked like back then and what society looked like back then. And it looks like it was done faithfully. I know there's some little nitpickers here and they even talked about it on the commentary how they got certain things wrong. Like um, there is a crack how about... um, Batman saying that he paid Harry Houdini $300 for a trick, but at the time, Harry Houdini was just a kid when the, this, these events were supposed to go down, so that's why it takes some of the stuff with a grain of salt, and there was an interesting factoid about the Chicago's World Fair that I highly suggest if you get this movie, watch the commentary. It is a fun read. Uh, hopefully, we might be doing a reaction to it later on it depends on what everyone else wants to do and finally we have uh, Miraculous Ladybug and Cat Noir season 1 it's a nice little French hero of the week cartoon it's done with decent CGI like this CGI they, they use in the movie and stuff this seems like that type of CGI they did a really nice job for it there are 26 episodes in all. Unfortunately, there is not the Christmas special that's on here. I wonder if they'll ever release the Christmas special. Who knows? It comes with some behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, animatics, and a music video. And the music video isn't that great. I like the French one better. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you check it on YouTube. It's a much, much better song. You can still get the French theme song if you listen to the show in French, which I sometimes do because I'm part French and I'm trying to relearn the language too. And uh, sometimes it helps watching TV shows like that with subtitles so you can learn some things. It, it helps some people. I would suggest buying the season one instead of uh, getting all the separate parts. It's cheaper to do this, it saves a lot of space. 
And it's also a very good show. Even if you're not a kid, you'll enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Some people don't always enjoy some things like this. It's a nice cookie cutter Hero of the Week show, which there aren't that many of that are of this quality or good. I know some of the lessons and some of the stuff are redundant that they do in the show, but hey, it's a kid's show. What do you want it to be, a masterpiece? But for what it is, it's good. I highly suggest it. Check it out if you want to. Um, season 2 has been going on in Europe. Unfortunately, we in America won't be able to legally watch Season 2 until it comes to Netflix because of some dumb deal that was done. Because Nickelodeon's like, mm, we don't want this. It's not that th- good of a thing. Because they're getting some mixed ratings of it. But boom, it became super popular. And now they're like, crap, what did we do? And uh, before I like to close out the show, I have a personal message uh, I'm going to say because I don't know if they're watching the show. I hope they are. Um, I'm just going to say happy 30th birthday, Shannon, my and my nephew, Gavin. Uh, I forgot what age he's supposed to be. And stay warm. And to everyone else, have a good night. See you next week. Keep on keeping on. Thank you.